I want them both to go at the same time. I think you just did it. Did I do it? Yeah. Uh, I think we should just go and then cut this off live. the front off later. So we're not going to do anything. <laughs> I just want to make sure it's working. So. It's working. This is so oh, cool. Oh, I know what you did now. What did I do? So see, so you clicked both the record uh, buttons before you clicked the big record button. Boom. Guys, if you need any help with GarageBand, I'm a G. <laughs> it only <laughs> took us how long to do this? I, I mean, enough time to brew some tea. I, it did. And this tea, what do you think? It's my, I did the herbal coffee. Oh, is this the one? Well, oh, it's this herbal is coffee, slightly modified. I added some yarrow. Which I wanted to tell them the story of Yarrow and Neanderthals. <laughs> <laughs> so the full story. I have this weird connection with Neanderthals that I did not know about until recently. First thing that happened was doing my 23andMe testing, which changed. Go, go listen to the podcast I did with Alex Swanson on Nutrition Genome before you do genetic testing. I highly suggest that's the one you guys do because they changed their testing. But what they did see is they saw like my, um, what is it called? They picked different phenotypes to try to gather as much Neanderthal genetic profiling as possible. And I have like the highest percentage in the history of 23. Like correlation. Yeah, like one of the highest percentages of a lot of markers of Neanderthal. Neanderthalisms. Neanderthalisms. And I was like, wait, what is that? This is cool. So then I dug into Neanderthal. And I, I read about their burial grounds, and this is what really tripped me out, Ethan, is because the two herbs that Neanderthals were buried with are my two favorite herbs in the world. I'm, and I'm not just saying that. It, it's yarrow and althea, which is marshmallow root, which is in my, in my tummy tonic tea. It's the most healing gut supplement or herb that you can get. And they used to bury these Neanderthals with both of those pretty crazy. herbs. Isn't that crazy? When I heard that, I was like, this is just, I think I'm a Neanderthal. <laughs> Everybody, this is Ethan Godwin. Well, you train like one. <laughs> I do. Well, it is the only way I like to train. Um, Ethan Godwin has been on the podcast before, but not with our fancy equipment. I just got to do an intro. I don't, we're definitely not pushing stop because we finally got this figured out. So my intro, uh, just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a heads up. Of the things going on, the biggest thing going on is my Kickstarter launched, and holy shit, it was funded in the morning. By 8.08 a.m., it was fully funded, which I'm just so stoked on. It's a, a hiking pack, adventure pack, basically the M-Pack, but mini, so you can run with it, still take the straps off, has a camel pack reservoir, which isn't a camel pack reservoir, it's... I think it's even better. I found water bladder. A water bladder. <laughs> yeah. I just hate the word bladder. <laughs> That's <laughs> a little unappealing for that. Yeah. So reservoir. Hydration reservoir. Yeah. But also the weighted reservoir, which is the same as the MPAC. So if you haven't looked, go look at it. It's just a really awesome in-between. If you don't want a full travel pack, um, I'm excited to finally expand the line. And if we get to a certain goal, we're actually going to get a third colorway. And so one of the fun things you can do to win free swag, including the world is my gym iron on patch and a nomad cool specially designed shirt is to participate in this impact nomad hunt i want that shirt it's so cool <laughs> I saw it the other day. Uh, so the nomad hunt is 10 different tasks you have to do some inversions you have to do um you know go on a picnic you have to go on a hike you, just little fun things to get you outside and i think you're going to be really into it it's just such a fun it was so fun to put together and i can't wait to see what you do with it and if you do all the things you 
are guaranteed a shirt, but then you also get to jump into a giveaway of 10 of the sponsors like Noon and Vital Proteins and Epic Bar and Fat Fudge and Four Sigmatic and seriously everybody that I talk about all the time because I'm obsessed with them. So welcome to the Impact Nomad Hunt we have started. Go jump in. Uh, you can find it all on emilyschramm.com slash blog or just a recent Instagram post. I'm Emily Schramm. This is Meathead Hippie, and this is Ethan Godwin. Welcome to the show again. Was was I Meathead Hippie when? Nope. <gasps> nope. Yes. You were still, I forgot the other one already, though. Infit and. Infit Radio. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got an upgrade. I think, I th- well, definitely this, like, space age headset that I got on is pretty sweet. Isn't it so dope? <laughs> I love it. Uh, what have you been up to, Ethan? I know some people know who you are, but you live in a van. So I live in a van, and I love mountain biking. So part of my journey with kind of fat loss and identity change and all that, kind of coming out of high school as an overweight individual. How much weight did you lose? Have you? I mean, I just saw a before and after. Like a 110, recent one. probably. That's incredible. Somewhere in there, and then like, and we can go into it later. But it's like, it's more like, can you sustainably keep it off? Because you'll see people yo-yo their whole life. So there's that side of things. Is that a fear of yours? Mm, not at this point. Like knowing all this stuff, it's such a strong foundation that it doesn't feel like I'd ever really fall back. But you never really know, I guess. Like everyone has triggers that go like way deep to their subconscious that maybe it could be like, like you never know what stress points or what kind of period of life you could go into or season that could actually trigger that back. So have you found any of your triggers of, I guess mm. to find triggers, you have to find what the root was. So what was the root of? Well, I think a lot of it was just, um, let's see. So, like, my father passed away when I was young, and then my uncle passed away soon after that. So, like, emotionally, like, I kind of created, like, a hard shell. And then whenever you create a hard shell and you internalize things, then you need kind of some way to express it. And I think really just, like, even binge eating, like, can actually be an expression of, like, your emotions to some level. Maybe that's crazy. I don't know. No, but Or just, like, all. the trigger. That would be the habitual pattern that kind of you at least go use to cope with it so whenever you don't know how to cope with your emotions you find some kind of I mean it was at one point actually it was extreme exercise so like three hours a day in the gym this was kind of like when I started the process but it's like you find ways to kind of you know move your identity kind of towards that I guess well it's just what we were talking about before we hit record it was like we you know whether you're ketogenic and you become obsessed with checking your ketones Mm -hmm. and check how how keto can you be versus me where I'm like how jacked can I be? I'm on this like <laughs> I just want to be so jacked like train it's all just our craziness transferred into a different way so yep. these big shifts that we have in our life lifestyle changes are just one extreme moving to a different extreme and obviously it's like some are better than others alcohol yep. catches up and all the repercussions of it exercise can catch up but maybe in not in any other way except overuse and over injury. Adrenal fatigue. For and some adrenals. People. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was what I was gonna say. Which I have definitely experienced. Which you might know the most about of anyone based <laughs> on experience. <laughs> I know you said that someone gave you a book. You're like, has someone? Have I you know. heard of this book before? I was like, oh, have I? <laughs> uh, so okay, so let's talk about that because I want to talk. You know, f- I think people can relate to this so much. Is that we can all get in this bubble of crazy even in things that are meant to be productive. Oh, yeah. So how do how do you feel, you know, is that okay? Is that a lesser of an evil? Because we turned, you know, that hard shell that you had and maybe some binge eating, how has it 
transferred into a healthier lifestyle and where do you see yourself still kind of obsessing or do you feel like you have a good idea of where it is and it's not as oh it's not as present right no i think it's like you just kind of learn like different coping mechanisms so yeah there are shifts like like you were just saying like the person that smokes cigarettes goes and now they you know they drink coke or something like that they or they shift they do make some kind of shift um as far as their lifestyle so sorry you tangent me there um see i think the main thing though is like i don't know you identify triggers all the time but it's not necessarily that you're gonna like get over it right away it's like more like you start you have an awareness around it i guess it's almost like i guess like a one that you hear a lot would be like alcohol is anonymous like you kind of have this like giant this bigger umbrella like oh first step is like you become aware of it yeah well it's like you become aware of it and then you start to find like okay what are like healthy alternatives for it so if it was over exercising it's like can I go get into like meditation? Can I go get into walking or, you know, something else? Like it's like you're just moving the different like energy around. Yeah, I like that point because we we have talked a little bit about the C O N T gene. <laughs> you're looking into that now. <laughs> I am. I'm so obsessed with it. So this is a it's tested in genetic profiling or 23andMe or nutrition genome, and I have always felt like just so extreme. You know, I'm all or nothing and. I'll have really, really, really high days, and I'm just, like, creating, feeling, and then all of a sudden it goes, it just crashes. And I think we all kind of have mm -hmm. that with this ebb and flow, and that could be with, I want to go to the gym, I want to go to the gym, to, oh, my God, I don't want to go to the gym today. And then we just, we latch on to those bad days, thinking it's permanency. So I was thinking, okay, well, what what is the connection between some of my gen genes that I have and this tendency to be a little bit, not bipolar, but up and down to mm -hmm. an extreme. And I don't know, do you feel pretty steady? Do you feel mm, the same kind of ebb I, and flow? I would say I go in ebbs and flows. I think there has something to do with entrepreneurship and like the brain that's geared towards being more like self-sufficient and more like, a you know, just a, a doer versus maybe uh, wait and kind of receive information and then act on it. Um, no, I think that's, it's really normal. And it's almost like, I can translate a lot of things to mountain biking. You could probably do it to CrossFit or something like similar where it's, you know, the, it gets more and more intense, mm -hmm. but you now then it's like you have this swing. So it's like, if you have this huge dopamine rush, like there's like, it's like the pendulum, like it swings one way and then it'll swing back the other way. And you kind of find that balance point. And I think that that's, what's the scary thing for people is when it swings the other way. And this is what I want to talk to you about is how do you not see those days of lack of motivation or low energy as a way of you reverting to your old ways? Oh, that's good. So I think those are just days where you just have to like kind of what we were talking about even earlier over lunch, like intuition, like you start to learn like yourself mm. and just be okay that every day is not going to be like the most like productive, like you got a million things done. But it's almost in like, and I know we talk about this back and forth, I joke with you about like playing, but it's like, it's in the playing where I was talking about like I laid in like some river the other day and you're like, how'd you do that? Um, yeah. But it's like, those are the times where like I can recharge and like I can kind of introspectively look at like that from a whole, like, okay, you know, today might have not have been X, Y, Z. Like, I mean, that wasn't like a huge productivity day, but the next day was like a huge productivity day. So it's like, you'll need that kind of day of rest mm -hmm. to actually be able to perform your best kind of come the next day. And you know what the issue is, is that you took away the guilt that comes with the rest. Yeah. 
And that's all what it is. It, I feel guilty because I didn't go to the gym. I feel guilty oh, it's because built in. I didn't. Hashtag no rest days. <laughs> it's crazy. It's in our dogma, you know. It's yeah. like, and I think that's what I am so triggered by is the idea of guilt and shame because mm-hmm. of just my upbringing. And I think my whole family could agree with this is that especially in very religious situations that I was in, sh- I mean, guilt, you always felt like you did, you, that w- that's religion. You're not good enough, therefore... Jesus came, yep. you know, and not to get this into relig- religious battle, but it's always this dogma in your head that you aren't ever good enough. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, how do you disassociate yourself and your actions um, and get away from the guilt? And I guess acknowledging it, but have you struggled ever with that where you were like, I'm taking a rest day? And this is going to get into our talk that you and I talk about all the time is the deserving. Like, yeah. Are you deserve- worthy? What is that word? Uh, Deservation. I don't know. The deservingness. Like, how do I... Deservation. Yeah. That sounds good enough to me. Okay, cool. So, yes. Talk to me, because I know a lot of people deal with this, is like, I had a post. I I just said, you know, it's... It it was finally allowing myself to realize that I'm going to come out of it okay. Like, Mm -hmm. you... Yes, you still are motivated. Yes, you still want to go to the gym. Yes, you still are going to have ideas and be creative and be successful. But that day might not be today. And allowing myself to have those days, it's still a process. But I feel like I've had that shift where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I am going to take a rest day. Or I'm not going to do this crazy cardio circuit that Wade programmed for me because <laughs> <laughs> this is not this is not going to happen. Um, what was What's some ways to help people with that? where they don't feel like less than something, X, Y, Z, the expectation in their head because they feel guilty because they did slow down. I think just knowing that we're all very, very, very similar in that and just like that we can relate on it so well is because like, I mean, we just met like, what, two and a half years ago, two years ago. So it's like you can have such a strong bond and connection even though like this was all happening to you before we ever met. This is all happening to you before. Similarly, like the entire population, like, they're all having these kind of challenges of, you know, maybe not are you worthy, but there's different like sticky points and stories is kind of really what it comes down to or like stories, habitual patterns that people kind of play into because maybe not even that it's the best outcome, but they actually, they can predict the outcome. And some people's life may be so uncertain that they need the need of certainty just to actually know that like, hey, you know, I, I smoke this cigarette, I do X, Y, Z, and then the day ends up like this. At least I'm safe. It might not be the best possible outcome, uh, yeah. but I'm safe. And so is it's it like it's predictable. F- is it a need for structure even? Like, is it a need for structure or is it a need for habit? Um, kind of, the, yeah, I would say structure and habit are kind of same. Like, yeah, sort of simpler, similar. It's just interesting because I think I've learned as free-spirited as I am how much of a control freak I am. And people, the idea of, okay, we went from binge eating now to keto counting. Or we went from mm-hmm. oh, no, yeah, yeah, very much so. s- smoking weed to being a crazy fitness expert. Like that same energy transfer. Yep. I guess what I'm saying is, is it because our need of control? It is just my own curiosity. Like do I control, do I need to control something? The meal plan, the MyFitnessPal, the calories. Is it my need for control that makes me feel safe? Or is it just my need to feel useful? Uh, well, I think that's good. I think about this way too much, but I'm like, why am I feel, okay, I started a program, awesome. Is it because I'm finally fo- following a program? Because I think this is the biggest thing with habits. 
how do I get my clients to stay with it? Like the 21 days, I'm right. always trying to think, okay, you know, the point system, it works for some people. It doesn't work for others. It works great for obligers. So people that, you know, the whole habit, habitual yeah. habits, and what's that called? The uh, Gretchen Rubin, um, the f- power of, oh, shoot. I'm she has this floor. <laughs> yeah, so it's, we, she, you have obligators, you have rebels, you have, uh, Diane Sanfilippo talks about this a lot. But it, there's the obligators that they just want to make other people mm-hmm. happy. And those people love points because they feel like they're, holding themselves accountable and then they feel successful and it's awesome but the rebels which i am i don't want points like so it's trying to figure out how do i get no matter what your habit is or your like tendency i guess how do you get someone to adhere to it because it doesn't matter what the program is it matters how long you're going to stick with it i i would say that always comes down to like a why you're doing it Mm. so if you don't have a strong why you'll fall back into all your predictable patterns what was your why not dying before I was 40. So like if I was to have a family and just knowing that my dad died in his 40s, my dad's dad died like in his early 40s. So it was just this whole thought of like, it became beyond me. So it was like, and I don't even have a family. So, but it's at the same time, it's, you know, when I have a family or if I choose to pursue a family, then, you know, I want to be able to be around for them during all those, you know, magical moments throughout their lives or just so they have like that more formalized structure even though it's kind of a catch-22 because of, like, there's so much personal growth within me that happened because of that event happened in my life. So it's kind of one of these, like, you know, double-edged things. But for me, it was just you have to have a better why or a bigger why. It was also something I've kind of come to find later, too. Um, like, the like I never wanted to stress my mom out. So I always knew that, like, different things about, like, like, the more she would see me challenged or having different things come up in life, the more I know she would internalize that herself because she was just that empath. So if I was always, like, you know, any of her children are, like, stressed or having a bad mood, she like, she takes that. that on immediately. So I knew the only way to really start to get her to not take on that energy for me is I had to shift it for myself. Maybe that's all of it, but, you know, I think that was a good portion of it. And then just me personally just knowing that, like, I didn't want to be that person, like, that continually went from 300 like i mean i remember going to the doctor and like he's got his little chart out and it's just like a i don't know what the the finding or the whatever term for the graph would be but it's just like a nice steady line straight up and it's you know it's like does that line just keep going up or you know what can you do with it um and just recognizing really everyone has the ability to change like we're not trees mm-hmm. you yeah. can move <laughs> that's good and i think finding someone's why I don't really know if I have a why. I, I, uh, I was thinking, you know, I always think of, like, what was my why? And it was really looking in the mirror and being like, I know that I, I just am so sick of hating on that person. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of seeing that person, whether it was on TV or in a picture or in the mirror, and never feeling like I could be proud. So my why was just, like, I want to make my own self proud. Uh, and, and then it turned into... I love the way I feel after I work out. I love the way I feel after I eat the right food. I, I'm addicted to the feeling. So my why became more of I know how I can function when I do X, Y, Z, and I know that that's the person that the world needs me to be. And that became my why. Or just So then the, the, the want or the desire to provide value back to the world was almost the why then. I mean, and I think... I've had a couple people, you know, I think it's kind of ridiculous, but 
you know, finally taking ownership, which has been a process of these hats that I wear. Most of you guys that are listening have been through the whole nine yards with me, so you kind of know. But when I started the fifth business, the fifth LLC, and seeing it all in one, like, little document of, like, Emily Strong, uh, <laughs> MFIT, <laughs> MPAC, Herbal Element, it was just like, oh, my God, like, this is – at first, I was really ashamed of it, and then I was like, well, what? okay, what is the why behind these? And then someone asked, was like, well, why do you keep creating companies? Do you, is it because you're afraid one of them will fail? I was like, no, it has nothing to do with that. It just has everything to do with this, like, extension of myself that when I look at each company, it was because there was a – I wanted, it was all because I wanted to help people. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, then I'm okay with that. And I finally recently, more recently than I'm willing to admit, have – gone back to the place of deserving where you deserve the good that comes in when you're you're ultimately just trying to help yep. and I think that was a hard process for me to wrap my head around for a long time that like I don't deserve this goodness no that's yeah I've gone through that exact same thought. I think we all will I think all of yeah. us do um and you do and you do everyone does <laughs> anyone yeah. listening does deserve it anything you've achieved yeah. It doesn't have to be like monetary exchanges like you did XYZ for someone or, you know, quid pro quo. I did this for you. You do this for me. But it could just be any kind of yeah. it could be like you could just be that person that shares smiles with every stranger. Like you go walking through your park every day and you share smiles with every stranger like the universe will repay that yeah. in some form or fashion. Like that's an energetic exchange. How did you help yourself? And I know it's a work in progress, but helping yourself understand deserving and not necessarily financially like not business not finances but I think a lot of the times more times than people are willing to admit is that the blockage between who they are today and who they want to be tomorrow is the reason it won't happen is because they just don't think they deserve that yep. person right same with relationships same with you know the job the career choice the reason that job hasn't happened is I feel like there's a deep down insecurity of do they really feel like they deserve that yeah, do job? You yeah. Do you believe like yeah. you could be that role or that position? And, and, and well, and so for you, what helped you, you know, get to that point where you do feel like you deserve it? I'm still in the process. I would say this, and I think it's just one of those ongoing things that just like your ego, it's like, if you meet the Buddha on the road, kill him kind of thing. Like no one's ever going to fully like come to enlightenment and like, you know, <laughs> grip there. Griffy poos locked outside. And do away with their entire ego. But at the mm -hmm. same time, it's like you just find mechanisms and ways that you can kind of like channel it. Um, that so what was some of those, what was that for you? Was it having people tell you? I e think it's you help. you deserve this? I think it's you, you provide so much value to other people and then when that value starts to come back so like that email you like you got earlier kind of like appreciating you for coming and speaking like you start to get those back you know or you you know you just said it like you know you see like you get more of a visual snapshot and you say like wow i really am adding value like yeah i really do deserve this and then i've also in my brain i've just been telling myself that if i don't take the time to take do the things that i deserve then i'm going to be like start to become more and more piss poor and the things that I really need to be like 100% in and add all the value that I possibly can so that people can go further faster and kind of, you know, if you're going through a minefield, like they don't walk on the mines, like they can just follow behind me. Like, Hey, don't do this. Yeah. Do you, have you noticed that you 
I, I would like to share your story of um, kind of where you are now, where most of your job is the communication with people and mm -hmm. how fascinated you are by it. So I think it turned, let's just jump into that. Like, what are some of the books that you're reading that have like really right. hit home that I think are, I love it because I get to pick your brain and I get the cliff note version of the books. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to read them because I don't have time for that right now. But I feel like there's something to be said about uh, your own path of how you're realizing how much a leader you are versus it's entrepreneur, yes, mm -hmm. but it it's more of a leader role and uh, people management. Right. Yeah. Or just, yeah, the understanding. It's really like the degree I would have gotten in college. I have a finance and management degree, but there's a field called behavioral management and it's the psychology of business decisions, like why they occur and like how they come to fruition and like how the deal actually comes to be done. Um, so that would have been the field I wanted to go into. So now it's kind of come. So you've always been into. I've always been into like the human. Oh, that's cool. Well, trying to figure my own circle. brain out. I guess that's like kind of the habitual patterns, like before you know how addicting sugar is, it's just like sugar's addicting, so you don't really know. Um, so I was trying to like figure out those patterns. So you just kind of, I guess I'm just fascinated by brain people and, and people and yeah. And just through life experiences and being able to travel around the world in different places, you know, you start to learn like, okay, I can't even speak their language, but like I know what these people want from me or I know what they I need to give them or vice versa. So like, that's just body language You just reading. start to learn people. Yeah. And you start to learn how similar we are like, you know, we might come in different shapes, sizes, colors, all kinds of races, different things like that. Have you always had awareness? No, not. I okay. had probably the least. I probably, well, it's honestly, there you go. There's like the pendulum. I swung the pendulum so far, like to zero awareness. Yeah. Um, like to the fact that I could sit and play uh, the World of Warcraft video game, which I'm sure someone's played that here <laughs> way too much. <laughs> zero value. Which really, you learn people and managing people on that. I hate to say it, but you do get some value out of it. Um, but just the ability to sit in any, like sit in the seat for like eight hours, six hours and like be locked in on a computer screen. Like you can't be any body awareness and like eating, you know, like root beer floats out of salad bowls. Mm -hmm. like, so you, you hard to have a body awareness around well, that. <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves is people that have zero awareness of those around them. And so it's good to know that it can be trained, but I think you probably already had that intuitively. No, that's. That kind of think also what you just said kind of comes around. I went in that thought process with that. Like if you would say like my father passed away when I was 12. So like right in that puberty year yeah. that you would start to look to the male figure for like that's more the, where like a male and female, like female kind of distinguish, I guess, a little bit more like as children. Oh. It would be kind of in that puberty age. Yeah. So that would be more where like I was looking more for father figures. So like I've always just been really kind of I guess it's a survival mechanism. But it's like <laughs> Griff is all over Ethan right now. <laughs> it's like these van smells. Um, but it's one of those kind of like you start to look for the different qualities of like, okay, what does it mean to be like a man? Mm. So I didn't have like typically people would get that from like their father figure. So like I started to seek that from like uncles, cousins, just people like around me. But it's just you just start like saying like, oh, like I like when they do that or like this person like. I notice every time we go to dinner, like they always buy dinner or they always tip extra well or something like that. And then this is the kind of person they are. I'm going to take that little piece. Mm. I'm going to take that little piece. So that's, it's, it's in the process. I, oh, that was so huge. I think that's actually how, when I fell in love with Bradford is because we went on a date and he tipped and treated the wait, waitress. I can't remember, waiter or waitress so well and tipped well. And I just, I hadn't, that's, people need mm -hmm. to do that. People, I don't know if you've ever waited 
waited, <laughs> waited or waitressed in your life, but like if you haven't and you're under tipping, change it. It's like such yep. a small thing that can go so far in so many ways. Especially if you have abundance right now or what you would. Yeah. Well, even if you comfort, if you have comfort and well, they maybe don't. Is, I'm going <laughs> to challenge this because it's not even that. I, I think that the more even broke as hell, like I would rather yeah, no, you're tip 20 to 30 percent and buy half as much. You know what I mean? Like, I think knowing like the limit. Uh, well, and if you I guess if you believe in the unwritten laws yeah, of the universe, like you, you, like you, you just give you whatever hold, you have. The yeah. more you hold because of fear, the less you ever will be given. To yeah. you in yeah. return, I just think like yeah, I think that's a whole different. Topic. Yeah, now the holder, the closer you hold it, the more you smother the potential. Which is hard because that's just a fear, and then like the yeah. uh, I loved Sean Croc, Sean Croxton's Money Mind Academy. Did I tell you I went through that? Not the whole thing. Um, he's just so great because it was like, you know, kind of compiling all the books and cliff notes of what he's read, and also his own beliefs and his how his own belief system was that. He had this newsletter. It was awesome. It was about the G-Wagon. And he oh. has one. And he's like, you know, I used to see people with nice cars and be, I would judge them because that mm -hmm. guy must be a douche or he must have gone, you know, walked on somebody to get where he was. And I started noticing, how do I feel when I see mm -hmm. a $200,000 car? I think I think the same thing. <laughs> like, yep. that, you know, that's a really nice car. Is that really necessary? But to that person, we don't know that story. We don't know how hard they work to get to yep. where they are and what that car represents to them. And who gives a shit? It's a car. You yeah. know, like, that's their life and their journey. And I had to start, like, okay, well, deep down for me, my money beliefs, where does it come from? And I think it was always based off of the, you know, the religious place that I was that, if you had money, you had to give it back. And if you kept it, you were selfish and greedy. And so that was huge for me to be like, oh. Yeah. Oh. And then it went back into self-deserving. Like, do you feel like you truly deserve this? And if you don't, then you better not expect it. Oh, I could relate to that. Like, I always think, maybe not in cars, but, like, really expensive cars are then, like, yachts. I always think with yachts. Like, oh, that's that person. Well, it's like, well, I don't know who that person is. Like, maybe that's, like, the founder of, like, the biggest, like, non-for-profit in the world or something. <laughs> I'm going to grow hair all over. <laughs> well, so, th and then for you, if you struggle, do you have any things that you do actively if you struggle with, okay, I am definitely not feeling deserving of this? Do you sense, do you feel that in a certain place in your body? I would say, I'm not sure if I feel it in a certain place or not. I do think there's, like, that will come about, and it's kind of, you'll have these moments where maybe you'll be at dinner, like, someone will offer you a trip or, like, you know, something to go somewhere, or, like, you know, even, like, Paleo FX, like, my brain did that with Paleo FX for a second. It was, like, oh, the ticket's, like, 500 so, Like, I know it's a more expensive, or not even really more expensive. Oh, guys, I'll be at Paleo FX. I need to start. I Shout to out. Show. Shout <laughs> out. If you're in Austin, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to host a workout on Saturday morning. 7 a.m., by the way. We oh. should, I know. Okay, fair enough. If I'm going to be there at 7 a.m., then you all better be there at <laughs> 7 a.m. So there's even things like that, though, like, oh, I'm, like, I don't deserve to go do that. Like, I need to work harder. Well, here, the thing is, though, like, for me, I'll go there, and I'll likely connect with someone that will be exactly who I needed to connect with at that point for my journey. And it's exactly why I needed to go there, but I kind of, or I'll get more productivity done when I do just allow myself to versus not. So I think it's just, I think now it's just a self-awareness. I think it's one of those things that 
you just kind of build tools. Like I think meditation's a tool, no matter how much I want to squirm away from it, because quiet is one of those things that ADD brains don't enjoy. What'd you say? Meta what? But just you know things like that that you can kind of just calm or just kind of you know become aware of your thoughts for a second. Just be like, why do I not think I'm worthy of that? I also write down in a journal every day, like I am worthy. I write that, that down pretty thing? often. Is that your mantra? So like the five-minute journal, it kind of shifts, and it's interesting. It's got like the like quote, three things you're grateful for, three things you want to get done today, but then there's affirmations. So what I am. three things you're grateful for today? So today, it was the sunshine. It was coming to get to meet you to do this podcast and just hang, and then I get to go hang out with another okay. um, local person here later this evening. So those are the. Three Aww, things I made your day. list, Ethan. It's so <laughs> of fun. course. I am pretty grateful for this. But it says I am's. Like, so every day you write, like, I am worthy or, like, I am powerful. I am confident. I am consistent. I am, you know, whatever these things are. Those just happen to be some recent ones. <laughs> I, I am strong, <laughs> capable, badass, superhero. Yeah. So then, yeah. So you know the power. And then, really, the more you keep saying that, the more you become that. So it's like, it's not. And I know the secret has different things like, you know, just write a check on your wall and things like that. But it's like the pursuit of it. It's like so if you have that check at the forefront of your brain every day, it probably will shift your physiology and like how you interact with the world. Mm. But if you just write it and put it there and don't think about it, it's probably not going to do much. So it's, you know, if you write that down every single day, like I am this, I am this, even if you're not, you just write it like you are. So just write it like it is happening in the present moment because you can be really whatever you want right now in the present moment. It's just can you quiet down all the kind of noise and storylines that just kind of play through from years and years of buildup? Um, I think with um, the I am, and I talked about this with the girls and girls on Saturday, mm-hmm. is like, you know, I really, the my first mantra before I knew it was a mantra was uh, I, I am my own superhero. Like, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And so I was like, I would like to know what you guys think. And I loved it so much because she's like, well, anytime, and it's right, anytime I'm, like, you know, really nervous or I'm not sure, I'm always just like, I'm cool, I'm cool. And so I, and I love it because now I think that, like, I'm good, I'm safe, I got this. And just I think, it, it could, I mean, my superheroes, my challengers, you guys know this because it's just so ingrained in the messaging, I think, that you guys, I want so badly for you to believe in yourself, and you have to fake it till you make it, right? Like, yep. just, like, writing it down is, like, putting the reality to it. What is mine? Right now, what what was yours today? I am... I am, like, it was I am powerful, I am consistent. I am... I think I wrote I am bold. There was a couple of them. What should I be today? <laughs> uh, I feel pretty powerful. I feel like yesterday was I was more. Or if it's like something you're not right now that you feel like you want to be more of, then just write it like you are because you are. I feel like one of those things like you're not it because you're telling yourself some story. I am so detail oriented. (laughs) 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 And I love to fold clothes. (laughs) I am the cleanest person alive. Hi, Griffey Poo. Um, what I, so what that might take a couple months of repeating. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the books that you're reading. Okay, um, so back to the to books. Three come to mind, like, right off the bat. So I listened to several. I think you listened to quite a bit of Gary Vee or some, at least. I listened to Gary Vee, the Crushing It book on the way here. And then 
Another one was the power of moments and then the coaching habit. So I guess they're three a little bit different things. Yeah. The Gary V book has got me more or less looking at platforms, so social media and really just the ability of like social media is business. Like it has to be looked at that now, like business. So I'm, you know, finance background, like there's none of this was ever in any of my classes. And I was fortunate to take some classes internationally and even do some like cool different things, case study stuff like hands on, but nothing ever was like, how do we leverage social media? Like I remember one of the things was like I was in this like, it's like the Dollar General of South Africa. It's called PEP, P-E-P. But like they had a radio station inside their thing. But it's like, okay, well, who like instead of the radio station, that's like old tech kind of thing now. It's like, how can you do like this, a podcast ad value? Or, you know, what's this platform? It's a long-form conversation, whereas then Instagram's like 60 seconds and stuff like that. So if that, I mean. If, yeah, if people will even give it that. Most people give it eight seconds, and it feels like a lifetime. <laughs> Ten, <laughs> you know? So it's like creating, and that's a, that was his big thing, creating content for the native platform and then like if you are unhappy with where you're at like go do something like go add value go like i think one of his things was like i've made the, the thing svt in my head like you serve you give value and you teach so if you're passionate about those and maybe it's about like soccer trivia or it's about like the most random things social media actually if you just are consistent and you add value and you continue to grow then you can grow into a business so it's looking at that for kind of everyone and then like how I can as kind of a nomad dude in a van start to, you know, showcase, you know, that this lifestyle is possible. Like, so, you know, we were talking about today, like we can both work remotely. Like we could do this podcast in France right now and it's the same. It's going to resonate pretty similarly. We wouldn't have Griffey poo. We would not have Griffin. So there would be a little less hair floating around. <laughs> he just is so sweaty right now. It's a hot day in Denver. Um, okay. So, so that's, that's the Gary Vee book. Uh-huh. So really anyone with today's social media and stuff can kind of do anything. And then Power of Moments was probably one of the most impactful books I've read in a while, uh, from just like a personal per- like point of view. So just creating moments for people, whether that be, you know, you're like, for me, I stay at a lot of people's places and different things, like kind of through the travels or all kind of bump in and like hang out, but it could be, I mean, anything you could like leave them like a wine bottle with like some kind of gift or like a note, like a handwritten note or something that just says like, Hey, I appreciate you so much. Like, thanks so much. Like it's just these small things, but it's just, we never understand our ripple effect or the like how much power and influence that we actually have through these simple, small actions every day. And I know in that one, they go through like for your cliff note version, um, kind of like a Disney world example. So think like, um, think you have like your whole family, like a, Say you have like three boys, like three screaming young boys running around Disney World. Mm -hmm. And you as the parents, you know, you're going through the experience at Disney World. And really a lot of it is like standing in long lines, like paying $10 for Mickey Mouse or ice cream. Like all these things that are, you know, not really so pleasurable and like happy experiences. They're more frustrating and like you're worrying about money. You're worrying about these things. And then you know, you come to the very end of your kind of Disney World experience that day and your kids, you buy three kids, like the little Mickey Mouse hats, they put the hats on, you get a family photo and everyone's smiling, like that's like the happiest point of the day and then you guys go home. So a week later you could pull them like, hey, how was your time at Disney? They will they will immediately in their brain connect a couple moments, like that last one where they were with the hats, um, maybe like when they were like on the roller coaster not waiting in line anymore. So it's like those are the moments they're going to remember. So it's like how can you like in 
like intentionally now go create those moments. How do you make sure that they connect with the right one? Because I have a hard time with things like public. Like I all I can <laughs> think about is like no, I mean I st I'm standing in line. This is like, this is dumb. I don't want to do this. <laughs> that I don't think I don't know. So maybe. it's because the other experiences are such peak experiences. They outweighed it. So if you had something where you know you're gonna have like certain challenges around things where people could become upset or frustrated, then you could have other things that would be such peak experiences that would kind of offset it. Mm. So you could almost cater to the idea like, hey, we actually like, just let them know, like we recognize XYZ is a challenge and here's what we've done. Yeah. Or just kind of bring college attention, like make those moments. Yeah, acknowledging it. That it or it's, you know, yeah. it could also be like, you know, I think the gut instinct is very pronounced where you think of someone, say I thought of you today, just shoot them a text like, hey, I really yeah. appreciate you. You're really good. So at it's that. those little things that are really powerful because you never know where someone's at in their day, their life, their journey, any of that. And that was just the having intention around it. So there's one thing just to do it on a whim here and there. And then it's another thing, you know, you read this book and it's like, oh, I need to be very, very intentional with the fact that a lot, like maybe a percentage of my income or my percentage of my time, because not everyone has generous amounts of disposable income. So think about it as, like you can give any any resource you have. Your time is your most valuable one that you have. Yes. Um, it's not actually money. So you could give your time to, you know, things like that. Like you could go give your time to like a charity bank or a food bank. You know, I don't know if a charity bank is a real thing. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, something like something like that where you're just giving time and you never know what you're gonna kind of receive back or the magic moments that you'll provide. So kind of do it more as best you can. Do it altruistically. I'm not sure that human brains are wired exactly for that. I think they're wired for survival. So if you do something for someone, some piece of your brain kind of wants something in return. The expectation is just possible. We want to not do that as best we can, but it's still yeah. one of those like primal. Instincts? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just our culture. It's more so, especially the United States culture, where it's harder to, yeah. it, you know, because we create time. I'm, I'm listening to like the Oprah Soul Session. <laughs> And I love her intro. It's like the thing. The thing we need most is time. Time. And she just has her Oprah voice, and I love it. And it's so true. It's like give yourself time. And I catch myself all the time saying, "I don't have time for it. I don't have time for it." I've always could have time for it if it's a priority. So I'm trying to just create a bubble where it's like, "What am I willing today to put my energy mm -hmm. into, and not exceed my energy?" that I have to give or I'll just drive myself in a hole. So with time, I think that that was, I totally went on a tangent. I had nothing to do I'm good. I got, I got some. Like it's yeah. like almost, so it's almost you have, like you could just reframe it in your brain. Like I have an, I have so much time. How do I prioritize it now? Mm -hmm. Like here's how I need to prioritize it's it. It's unlimited. I don't have to, I don't have to keep saying I'm so busy. That's what I was saying. So because I think that's so ingrained in the United, in especially United States mm -hmm. and it's other cultures too, but like, I don't have time to make that a priority and I don't have time to go to that birthday party. And I'm, I think just we're just flaky people. We're kind of a flaky culture. Yep. Uh, whether that's because we're selfish or because we, because once we go to the party or once we go to the event, we usually enjoy yeah. it. But we just tend to put blockades in ourselves 
on ourselves and limitations on ourselves because we have a story made up in our head. Yeah, like, oh, Aunt Susie could be there and mm-hmm. it's going to be so uncomfortable or whatever you want to say. Yeah, but it's always, yeah. Because it's I, always more comfortable to sit at home and watch Netflix and not not go there. It is, and people just get Or stuck. at least they per- it's perceived that it's way. perceived more comfort, but it's always, and it's some, there's times where, yes, that's what I want to do. I don't want to be social. And I need to be an introvert, and I just want to fucking watch Netflix for five <laughs> hours. You know what they say, like, are you still watching? You're like, yes, I'm still watching. Don't judge me, Netflix. And it says it like three times. You're like, okay, wow. Okay, <laughs> I've been here for a while. Yeah, the, but those days do exist in my life. They're rare, but they are wonderful when they happen. But I do see if I can – I can very easily get comfortable where yep. that becomes the norm. And then, like, Saturday, oh, yeah, I really don't want to go do that. But just, I think that that's any time you don't want to do something, it's like, why don't you want to do it? Is it really because you don't have anything to wear? Mm-hmm. Or is it because you just maybe don't feel your best you? But then being around those people bring out the best you. Absolutely. And the more that I work for myself and the more that I work and the more that I do, I'm like, I have to have those checkout moments, social gatherings. And this is just my extrovert piece, but... I, those are what allow me to be more creative and see, have conversations that I wouldn't have before. And, you know, I'm not expecting anything from these people. I just want to have, I want to be social. People just forget how to be social. Well, and I think you have a, an innate gift in that, just in that you really are well, are really, I mean, you get like, you are people person through and through, and that you don't, it never, like, I've never received the energy like you're trying to get something. Like, it's never a quid pro quo. Per, like, it's never a blatant quid pro quo or this for that yeah. kind of thing. It's always just like, hey, like, where are you at? Like, even the other day, like, I messaged you, like, hey, do you know massage therapist? And it was like you thought I was broken. It was like every question was like, are you okay? Like, what can I do? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, somebody's asking for a massage. Usually it's like they ask because it's too late. <laughs> you know, they just hurt. I thought you, like, wrecked your mouth. No, I'm but still in one piece. Go... I'm just keeping this preventative going. Yeah. Yes, this is good. And he is going to Mark. If you guys are in Denver, I can't wait to hear what he thinks of Mark <laughs> because he's incredible. Mark Drobnik, and he was on our podcast. He did a uh, back pain. He's writing a book on back pain, but he we talked about back pain and, like, how certain things in yoga classes trigger back pain. If you have back pain, just go listen to it. It was really fun. No, that's very cool. You're going to love him. He's the smartest man as far as fascia and um, figuring out, like, the root issue of, of problems. Now, I'll be interested because I have that right scapula break that happened in 2012 that I've just always used strong mm-hmm. muscles. So I've never actually built the finesse structure back around. Oh. Like all the little. How'd you break your right scapula? I'm biking. Oh, it's so hard. Mm. It is good. I still need to do it more. The, tail, the, <laughs> tail, the tailbone injury really put a. Yeah, it's, it's, a, um, it's one of the more ignorant hobbies out there. But it's, you're seeking a feeling. It's, it's, it's hard feeling. to really chase. It's, yeah, you're chasing something. You can get it on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, I did those little razor things the other day, like I was saying, and I had way too much fun. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is the most dangerous thing. Like, someone should take this away from me right now. Like, I got what back and I was it? like. a razor? It's like those little two-door, like, off-road. It's not a, f- it's like a better than a four-wheeler kind of thing. Oh. It's oh, like got a little. Like co- a like rapture. Rap- yeah. That rapture? Kind of- yeah, we're getting closer, I think. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like a sand dune Yeah, yeah, it looks like that. Like a dune buggy thing. looking thing. Yeah. <gasps> but it's oh, just two fun. seats, but it's got like a thousand cc or something like that. So it's like your motorcycle power, but with off-road everything. Oh, I love it. And it's just going like 60 miles an hour, like up hills and over rocks. And 
through trails that you should just be going like 20 miles an hour on, but nature of the beast and <laughs> testosterone, you just kind of keep pushing the pedal a little further. <laughs> what we do best. Well, I already know you're a butterfly. Do you have any comments about the butterfly that um, before we wrap up about spirit animals and um, all things? I like this. We didn't know what we were going to talk about, guys, and this just turned into perfect <laughs> because I think belief in self and mantras and, and sense of identity. Sense I think, yeah, that's a sh- like sense of identity is a big one. Tell me, t- we were talking about this earlier. I would love to hear. Well, so sense of identity. I had a prompt one time in a class. It was called Myth of the Self. Like that was the class name. It was cool because you meditated 15 minutes every day, like before the class even started as a group. And our paper, like the only real homework we had in the whole class was a paper, and the prompt was, what is the self? And there was no other things to go along with that. So you just had to go dig into like, okay, is the self like, are you an onion? Are you an avocado? Like, is there a core like tenant seed at the middle? Or are you just a bunch of layers that just keep peeling back and there's no actual end to it? It just keeps peeling. Like you just keep discovering new things about yourself and like your abilities. So I think... When that comes to identity, it's like some people have that like core belief identity, more like the avocado. And then like you said, onion, like I would say more onion. It's like I'm more here personally just to kind of just experience the experience and not trying to like make like, you know, you you kind of cultivate it for sure, but not trying to control it to some level, like letting it happen as it's supposed to happen and be kind of be a passenger of it but also be like the driver at some points like have to kind of like direct it or maybe grab the steering wheel and shift the direction but you kind of you know let it unfold as it's supposed to i've been getting the swan card a lot so every time i do my you know the tea company mm-hmm. if you guys don't know i have the tea company element tea herbal element.com we are going to be in stock tomorrow which i'm so stoked on you get a and sold out the next day. <laughs> Please, don't. Please do hammer that website. Please don't. I just need some. I need to catch up on life. So the spirit animal card, you get one in every order, and then when I go to expos or events, I always carry the deck with me. And I only have fifteen animals right now, but I'm going to grow it into thirty. And it's so cool because the people they get what they need like every mm-hmm. time. And so I always draw it, and I drew it. Um, I had the Girls Inc. girls do it, and they loved it, and they all each had their kind of story with it. And then I pulled the swan again, and the swan has been just this, like, overall reminder for me that the less that I try to control, the better off things are because I'm so responsive and quick and very much, you know, if mm-hmm. I'm in that meditate, it's I get in a zone on my laptop. Flow. It's in a flow. And so as soon as a problem comes, I go and I fix it and then I move on. So I've just that's how I've been able to progress certain things quickly. But then what happened was it was so crazy. I didn't have my laptop or email or anything all day. And I had some pretty serious problems in the morning that happened. There were three things that happened back to back. Where it was like, like normally I would have been very distraught because I, mm-hmm. I had to fix it. But I had no choice. And I said, okay, I'll just, this is what it is. I'm going to do my thing the best I know how to do, focus in, be present, and I'll come back to this in six hours. It'll still be there, and I can still fix it in six hours. But by the time I came back in six hours, it had fixed itself. Everything had fixed out. <laughs> people jumped in. The right people jumped in, and then it turned into this full thing, and it got, I think, a way better outcome had I tried to interject myself and try to fix it in the way that I thought would be yeah. best. It was this reminder of, like, you know, and ha- I don't know how to dictate those moments when to say, take right. charge. You know, it's not like I have a 
Bible of like, this is when you need to take charge and this is when you need to let go. But that's that whole thing we talked about, like over six years in my business, I finally feel like that's why companies start slow. That the yep. growth has to be slow. Yeah, you're building the foundation for the bridge. Because like, if it happened four years ago, there wouldn't be the pieces and part of how to handle certain situations. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's yeah. so much backstory. Well, no, <laughs> Well, so, yeah, if you think about a bridge, like, um, I think it was T.D. Jakes talks about this. He's like a, he's got some really good talks if you go through his stuff. What's his name? T.D. Jakes. T. D. He has Jakes. a success, su- success magazine okay. chat. Um, but it's like he talks about, like, you have, to be able ha- you have to be able to handle the weight of success. So think about, like, a bridge. Like, a yeah. bridge has to be able to, like, hold that, that weight. And the only way to do it is have a really, really strong foundation. But if any one piece of the foundation was lacking, then the whole bridge would crumble. So it's like you took six years to build a really strong bridge that can now hold more and more success. Otherwise, it does. Like, and we see it in the marketplace all the time. All like, the you'll time. see stuff come and go. They're trying to capitalize. And a lot of times, it's just ill intentions. Like, they just wanted to go, like, you know, you even see it, like, in the keto world right now, uh, just coming from, you know, a fitness expo. And it's like, how many different companies are trying to jump in the space just because it's a buzzword versus an actual like health product. So you'll see some people doing it correctly and, you know, it'd be ingredients that we'd actually try their product. And then, you know, a lot of them sadly, you know, will put just whatever out there, just, you know, fit it within the macro things and doesn't matter what the ingredients are. And, you know, that's keto. Let's go sell the crap out of it. Buzzword. Those would be the companies that kind of fall apart because they never really built up the foundation. They never had that kind of like true, I don't know. Well, brand <laughs> identity. Yeah. Like, you know, who are, what, what is their purpose? Is it to help people or is it to make profit? Right. Because, you know. And the market, this, the way business is done today, maybe 40, 50 years ago that would work. And I guess that kind of comes in the Gary Vee, but just like you have a social platform. So the more, like what the market really wants right now is vulnerability. More than anything, people want vulnerability. Like, they can smell a sales pitch from two miles away, but if it's just natural and just like, hey, this is what I created because I want to add value. Like, you know, I'm just this girl that loves traveling and working out, so I want an impact. <laughs> or I love these tea blends and I want to share it with the world kind of thing because I'm getting so much value out of it. I want to provide that back. So it's out of like a pure intention and out of like you actually are passionate and you kind of can fulfill a void that's in the market versus just kind of throwing stuff at the market, seeing if it'll stick and hopefully you get lucky. And I just, you know, everyone that's listening more so than ever, how grateful I am for the tribe that is supporting me. And you too, you know, the same, we have a lot of crossover in our keto paleo world. Where can people find you? Nomad underscore entrepreneur is probably where I'm most active. And just once again, because I love the nomad, <laughs> be sure to check out my Kickstarter. Uh, we got a few more weeks of it. And anything else, Ethan? I think that's it. The th- oh, the third book. We're not going to go into it. Oh, yeah. The third book was called The Coaching Habit. And this is what you've been talking about. So it's all about like language changes. Yes. So. Re- and this is great for relationships. Oh, it's so good. Reformatting <laughs> the question. Yeah. So instead of saying like, you know, I don't know, it could be any kind of thing like, hey, you know. Did you check in did, with somebody? Did you check the emails? Or like, hey, what did you think about that email? So it's change it. So it's changing the language where. What do you think of the email? Assuming yeah. that they checked it and then they'll run and check so it. So like what questions? <laughs> yeah, I need to work on that. So it's like what questions? So instead of like, and it, I think it comes from kind of our childhood. Mm-hmm. Similarly, like, you know, I was joking with you, like, would it be okay if? 
would it be okay if is what children do? So we get conditioned early on. Like my mom, I could tell you if I said, mom, would it be okay if I just got $10,000 to go do this? She's probably like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just the way that question's worded. Um, and you can use this to your advantage or not, but more or less it's, you know, the what questions and then the power of our language. So even things like you spoke on the word busy earlier. So just take the word busy and just delete it from your vocabulary because our subconscious is registering busy all the same. And it only knows busy in a few different contexts, which is usually anxious. So if you say, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, you're just making yourself more and more anxious inside, internally. And then it registers out to other people that they won't want to be in, they won't really, they'll start to kind of separate themselves from you. Because? Because they're like, oh, well, she's always too busy for us. Like, you're too busy for me. You're too busy for me. So yeah. switching, like, those kind of words, and some of them are like little swaps. Like, you could say, like, hey, I have a really engaged day today. I like my day super engaged and <laughs> I don't really know if I can see myself writing that. You but could, you could say I it however you want. Really, can I say hectic? I really like uh, we'll think really we'll think of some My good, day is dialed in. Yeah. My day is I have a fully dialed day. <laughs> I have a full <laughs> I have a day that's jam packed, a fun Yeah. But how's tomorrow? It's like shifting those things so yeah. you don't say it to yourself. That's or really or similarly this may register that. more. Um, so like help, so help issue struggle, those words. So if you say, you know, we had, we had an issue or we had, um, a problem or we had these things. Well, if you say, Hey, we had an opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) We had an opportunity. So we had a challenge or we had an opportunity because you know, you love to conquer challenges, but you don't like to conquer struggles. (laughs) That's true. Or we had a little bit of a hill. Yeah, we had a little bit of a hill, and we got climbing today. I like to climb. (laughs) We activated our glutes today. (laughs) Um, Metaphorically, I love it. (laughs) Thank you, Ethan. I'm so glad that you're in Denver. Um, Yeah, well, we uh, are going to go have some more herbal coffee with some Neanderthal added herbs, (laughs) and I hope you guys have such a good day. This is kind of a later podcast, but I wanted to make sure I got it live with Ethan and I'm lucky enough that he's here. So enjoy. I hope this resonated with you. If it did, leave a review and let me know what you think. And if it didn't, then, well. We'll continue, we'll, to, we'll we'll continue to add value more. Well, <laughs> or more value, I'm going to see sorry. that as an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and get some good podcasts going for next week. Bye, guys. You're the best. <laughs>